All right, let's talk about Star Wars. Well, Again, <laughs> but so excited. It is finally here. The Star Wars world premiere. Hollywood heavyweights out in force last night for The Force Awakens. Part of the reason for all this excitement and hype is the unprecedented secrecy that surrounded this movie. The trailers were purposefully cryptic. Information like a new hero, Ray's last name, very intentionally withheld. The reason we're keeping it a secret is so people can enjoy the thing. To watch it and to not know what's about to happen, amazing. Luke, our returning hero, absent from the posters. Why? Rumors of a no-fly zone over the studio, fake scripts for auditions. There wasn't social media in 77, but the truth is Star Wars fans don't want to know. I have no uh, filter, like filter, filter, boundaries, yeah. nothing. Yeah. So I could get in trouble and didn't because people didn't answer specific questions. What happened to Darth Vader's grandchildren? Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 120 of Blast Points. This is Jason. This is Gabe. And you have later on, we're going to be talking all about that Force Awakens hype. It was a beautiful time. <laughs> it's a wild time. Oh, we're going to be taking it all the way back to 2014 and 15. But now the solo train is in the station. It's all aboard the solo train. It's officially solo mania right now. Han Solo. 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 Yeah, it's just getting more and more every day. It's not going to stop. We're almost a month out now. There's a new TV spot every day. <laughs> like a new poster once an hour. Posters, TV spots, toys. Actually, there's not really that many toys, though. It was weird not having a, a Force Friday. Kind of sad. It was kind of bizarre. Uh, it was kind of nice to go to bed and get some sleep at night, but... Yeah, I kind of miss the uh, the mad rush. At the time of recording, we have got three solo spots. Let's go through the three solo spots that we have, TV spots that we have as of recording this. So the first one that came out was called Crew. Not spelled C-R-U-E. No relation to Tommy Lee or Vince Neal. No, unfortunately not. Although I, I think Mick Mars is playing cards in the Denny's thing with, with Lando. Yeah, they could have got Vince Neal as uh, Dryden Voss, but I guess Paul Bettany's okay. Ron Howard's a huge fan, and he asked, and he's like, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for asking, Ronnie. That's a pretty good Vince Neal impression. <laughs> if, if, if Vince Neal had, like, a sore throat. That's how he sounds now. You go see it now, you know, ages of hard living. All the all the helium has left his lungs. She's got the looks that kill. <laughs> all, right, let's, all right, let's move on. Crew. First, first trailer, crew. 
So we got more train stuff, which is now, thanks to what, Empire Magazine, we know it's officially the planet is called Vandor, right? Vandor. Named after probably 70s vans with Chewbacca and Han airbrushed on them. Check out that van door. <laughs> Open up that van door. I got a bunch of bunch of Kenner figures inside. I got all the original 12. We get a cool, quick little shot of uh, fur coat Han with his goggles and Chewie with his goggles doing some goggle shooting action. Han in a blanket. Han's so cold. <laughs> Stumped me with that one. <laughs> There's a great little part in this little trailer of like, it's like a protocol droid, like looking at like a little astro droid or something. It's like droid talking to droid action for a minute here. I don't know what's going on. It makes me think about there was that Funko set from Solo of fighting droids. It's like a gonk droid with like a mace or something. Oh, you're right. So maybe this is the... Uh it's like backstage at the droid arena. Are you ready for fighting droids? I I, I think so. It's about time. <laughs> well, we get, I think it's Warwick Davis. There's a little person with a rocket launcher. It's hard to tell because everyone was just like, oh my God, it's Warwick Davis. But you zoom in on the face, maybe it's Warwick Davis. I can't, I don't know. He's got the willow hair. Even though that's not his real hair. Yeah, I don't know. Did you notice in the background of that shot though? Because you're distracted by... Thinking it's Warwick Davis that there's some like fish fish man back there. No, there's like a little fish man or something with a blue head, a gray head in the back. I think there's going to be some creatures in this movie. Three, two, now. So what's your name anyway? Hey kid, it's a big shot gangster. He's putting together a crew. You think everything sounds like a bad idea. If you come with me, you're in this life for good. I waited a long time for a shot like this. I got a really good feeling about this. This trailer was good. Crew was really good. It had lots of Han Chewie action. They're really pushing that. Don't blame them. Everybody loves Han and Chewie. A lot of Han and Chewie. I'm happy to see. Also, really intrigued by the the card table that's like covered with grass. It doubles as a mini golf. <laughs> it's either mini golf or like they had a bunch of Easter baskets or something. And they dropped it all out on the table to search for the black jelly beans. <laughs> Chewbacca loves some licorice jelly beans. Good for good for Chewbacca. He can have all of mine. <laughs> it's nasty. So what was the what was the second TV spot? So the next TV spot was called Risk. So I think wasn't Risk more about the rest of the crew and the big the big heist for uh, Raspberry Face? <laughs> it's got Han, Chewie, and Kira walking into some like desert place where there's like wind things blowing. A really awesome shot. Cinematographer Bradford Young flexing his muscles. When they were talking about Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson was like, how J.J. Abrams and the editor said, you know, make sure you have lots of footage of BB-8. When it, when all else fails, just throw more BB-8 in the movie. And for Solo, it's chewy in the wind. <laughs> whenever whenever you need something to pick it up, just throw a couple shots of chewy. Yeah, in, in slow motion, fur blow. Maybe we'll get chewy in the shower. We've never seen that before. I know. I know we talked about him blow drying his hair, but, you know, lathering up, <laughs> put the shampoo in, singing in the shower. It's the only place Chewie Han lets him sing it's in the shower. Oh, there's so many Chewbacca possibilities. Like we were saying a couple weeks ago, Chewbacca riding a creature we've never seen. Like maybe Chewbacca like wearing boots. Maybe he at least tries them on and realizes it's not for him. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. There was that really big high-res Han and Chewie in the sand picture the other day. I can't remember what magazine that was from, but it was like super high-res. And I was happy to see that they've just decided at this point, even with all the technology, that Chewie's feet just look like rubber feet. And they're, and they're just staying with it and not trying to make them look like they're not just like rubber boots that have toes on them. So that made me happy. <laughs> Wookiees are the gift they keep on giving. Big shot gangster putting together crew. 
You in? I waited a long time for a shot like this. What are you doing with Harry and the boy? We need a ship. The Millennium Falcon. Every ship isn't for everyone. She needs a particular type of pilot. You done flirting? These people are not your friends. There's a lesson to be learned here. I got a really good feeling about this. So you got Lando says to Kira, what are you doing with Harry and the boy? He's got all, he's got all the best lines. Every ship isn't for everyone. She needs a particular kind of pilot. This one had a lot of Lando in it, which is good. Oh, and this is the one with the uh, the blaster toss that's uh, setting setting the internet on fire. Ooh, yeah. Lando says, uh, Han, in classic Lando style, like John Elway's quarterback, Nintendo, flips him that that blaster doesn't miss a beat oh (laughs) for some reason i got stuck in a in a trap of watching that in slow motion over and over again the 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 toss or the whole thing (laughs) the toss just the toss and Lando's toss of it is just so nonchalant. It's beautiful. Yeah, I hope there's a lot of them just tossing things back and forth. Maybe that's the, most of the movie. Anytime either of them picks something up, they have to toss it to the other one and say their name. <laughs> that was what was in uh, Caston's script. It's like a 90-minute game of hot potato. <laughs> Lord Miller actually like, well, I don't, you know, we don't get all the, the hot potato stuff. And it's like, well, you got to film what, what Caston wrote. He wrote Empire, people. Come on. It's the only reason he came back. He said he had this idea for uh, this movie that was just constantly someone playing hot potato till the last minute. (laughs) You never know who's going to end up with the potato. It's drama. Well, speaking of Lawrence Kasdan, he was on the Star Wars show last week uh, with Jake Kasdan. And they had a lot of cool stuff to say. What we had was a character that we loved, who was enormous fun. It wasn't like we ever approached it like, okay, we're going to fill in the backstory or the origin story of Han Solo. We had Han Solo, and we were going to make a great crime movie around him. What we started with in A New Hope was a very cynical guy. And it allowed for a character arc that sort of naturally lent itself to this movie, which is, how do you become a cynical guy? Sounds good. Sounds like the right way to do it. They clarified some information on how to say the bad person's name. I think we had called it Enphys or Enphys, or we had no idea, but they finally cleared that up for us. Tell us about this Ness. To understand who Emphys is, you first kind of think you got to understand who Woody Harrelson plays, which is a character named Beckett, who is a sort of highly trained, very lethal criminal. He's a real pro who's into big jobs, and he runs a crew. But one of their competitors is a sort of more pirate-like gang, and the leader of that gang is Emphys Nest. So they're like some pirate gang of smugglers or something that ride around on swoop bikes. So like a motorcycle gang. (laughs) Yes, that dress like crazy space pirates. So it's like the Star Wars version of uh, Torque, if we're lucky. I had to like to, when I heard that I was just like for real like I had to take like a timeout and have a glass of water. You think we're gonna get Han Solo racing swoop bikes? He's got to race somebody in the in the gang, right? That would almost be too good, you know. They've been pretty pretty good of taking just enough from the EU stuff to keep the EU people happy, and right that was a EU thing where he was racing swoop bikes, right? Didn't he race Dengar? How Dengar got all burned up? That's what I was just thinking. And it's like, if Dengar was a member of the Cloud Riders gang, <sighs> See, I don't think they're going to go out of their way to give us Dengar backstory. <laughs> we we got uh, Pondo Baba and Dr. Evazin in Rogue One. We weren't expecting that. <laughs> I, I secretly hope they put Dengar in the movie and Boba Fett is not seen anywhere. Justice. <laughs> But we got we got Dengar. He wanted bounty hunters. It's a Dengar. Everyone loves Dengar. What the? 
Speaking of bounty hunters, so there was a bunch of stuff in Empire Magazine. They had a photo of Dryden Voss, who we learned is a big-time crime lord, and the name of his gang is what the, what's in it, Crimson Dawn? Yes, Crimson Dawn. It's my favorite 70s prog rock band also. (laughs) This picture of him was setting the world on fire because back behind Dryden Voss is some Mandalorian armor just hanging out back there. I think everyone's kind of, your first reaction is, is there a person in that suit? But potentially what we're thinking, it's just the armor, right? Because there were the behind the scenes shots of that room where there was like an Ewok in a tube and maybe like a collection of artifacts that he has. Yeah, like a blue skull, which could be a crystal skull. Hey, they were in Clone Wars. I'm ready. I want to know. Don't get us started. Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to wait for that one. But yeah, it looked, it was crazy. Like the helmet looked very Boba Fett, but the rest of the suit was like crazy samurai armor. Yeah, almost like the the samurai action figures that, that came out of the Star Wars characters. If it's not, it would be pretty neat to see another Mandalorian armored character in the movies. Just because it would look cool and it would be funny because... Boba Fett fans would get really mad. <laughs> well, and it would make sense with uh, Rebels, too, because, like, you get the sense and, like, by the time the Mandalores kind of come into the story in Rebels, like, all the houses of Mandalore are kind of in chaos and there's just Mandalores out all over the place doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, it's not crazy. Until we find out it's Dengar inside. It's Tommy Lee, and he just rips into a drum solo. Uh, well, that would make sense if uh, his ship was like the Slave One. You know how when Boba Fett gets in it, like the seat moves when the ship turns sideways, and Tommy Lee's it's just his drum set he gets in, and it's, you know, drum set moves when the ship takes off. It's totally a Tommy Lee thing. The powers of spaceship with the power of rock and roll. <laughs> I, don't know. I think this Mandalorian armor looks great. Yeah. Well, and they talk about how Dryden Voss is kind of the opposite of Jabba as far as crime lords go, too. That he's the classy, clean, and stylish kind of rich crime lord as opposed to frog-eating, drooling, <laughs> sleeping in a room with 20 creatures, Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> wow, naked. Ooh. Right, Dryden Voss probably has a bedroom. It probably has a door on it, and he doesn't sleep in there. Well, maybe, I don't know. He's got those motorcycle guys, you know. It'd be interesting to see that type of character. StarWars.com, too, also gave us a ton of solo information this week. Little bios on... Almost all the main characters, they're talking about Val, a no-nonsense and occasionally prickly woman who is a crack shot with a blaster rifle. Val may be the most even-headed and capable member of Tobias Beckett's ragtag crew of scoundrels. Sounds cool. Mm -hmm. Tobias Beckett is a survivor, always quietly working out angles to come ahead. He's assembled a team of specialized scoundrels to carry out risky but profitable heists. I was thinking, too, that Tobias Beckett, it'd be cool to get backstory on him on, like, where he was during, like, the prequel era, too. Because he's old enough where he would have been around during all that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That'll be interesting if they put that in a book or a comic or something. Tobias Beckett crosses paths with Hondo Anaka. You know that probably happened. Maybe he was friends with New Gunray. <laughs> Kira, 18 years of age, a young Kira is already immersed in a life of crime, working for a gang on Corellia. L337, a self-made droid built from astromech and protocol parts. L337 is an enlightened navigator who cares deeply about droid rights. I'm ready for that. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually am really excited for that because it's. I do think it's. It would be interesting to have an all kind of a droid main character movie at some point droids have robot feelings too so that's you know that's what we need with star wars story where's the all droid one marvel is not replying to my emails about a tc14 comic miniseries about what happened to tc14 during the events of phantom menace so that's because they're already working on the uh live action film TC-14 is PG-13. 
Make yourselves comfortable. My master will be with you shortly. And this last one will bring us to our last TV spots. Rio Durant. Rio Durant has carried out dangerous operations alongside scoundrel Tobias Beckett for years. This good-natured Andorenian pilot is up for any challenge. So just before we started recording, a new TV spot dropped where we are blessed with our first sound of Rio Durant's voice. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. Who are these guys? On solo. Lando Carazin. Whoa, is that a Wookiee? On May 25th, if you come with us, you're in this life for good. You in? That's yes. Solo, a Star Wars story. This film is not yet rated. He blesses us with Chewbacca the Wookiee. <laughs> Chewbacca the Wookiee. He's been watching the making of Star Wars, and he's got that down pat, that unique pronunciation of Wookiee. Yeah. Is that a Wookiee? It's going to be good. Every single TV spot we see has got a little nugget. Yeah, we're pretty much we're like some dirty old stinky prospectors right now. We're at the river, we're panning for gold, and Solo is delivering the gold every day. That's why the logo's gold because it's just full of nuggets. <laughs> we're gonna be rich. So let's go back to a simpler time in Star Wars fandom, just three or four years ago, when living and dying for Force Awakens rumors was a daily routine for all of us. Yeah, I was thinking about that when we started talking about doing this episode, how just insane that time was, because with the prequels, it was like that, but the internet wasn't as crazy then. And we kind of knew what was going to happen especially after Phantom Menace going into clones and Sith, like we kind of knew where the story was going. We kind of knew all the characters, but then with force awakens after, you know, another, what was it? 15 years? No, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Just 10 years. Well, but even though it was 10 years, it was 30 years since the movie that we're getting the sequel to. It's JJ who is no, isn't much help when you're trying to get, uh, get the scoops up front. Yeah, it was just the craziest of crazy times, the stuff that, that people were coming up with. I heard from this guy, that heard from that guy, that heard from this guy. Yeah, it was a wild time. Force Awakens had a completely unknown story with no basis on what this thing was going to be about at all. It had returning cast that we knew were going to come back. It had new cast that we knew absolutely nothing about. There was the Disney influence, which... We were like, how is this going to be different now? And a different writer and different director and different producer and everything was up in the air. I feel like once a week there was a wild gossip story that would come out that would have something to do with the plot of the movie. So many of us were threading together this insane plot 
that at times didn't make any sense at all in our heads along before the movie came out. Yeah, I was trying to remember, didn't somebody actually piece everything together with screenshots and concept art and stuff? And at one point there was like a little document you could read that was kind of what everyone thought the movie was at that point with pictures and everything. Yeah. I watched the heck out of that and I was like, this movie's going to be awesome. (laughs) And some of it was true. Some of it, some of it was way off, but some of it, you know, was there. But there's a lot of mystery still with The Force Awakens. When when the Art of Force Awakens book came out, it shed a little bit of light. I mean, and even the uh, the Art of Last Jedi book shed a little bit of light that there was, you know, there was there were Lucas versions, there was a Michael Arndt version, there was a Blue Sky period where they were just riffing with art. To see what would inspire. There were a lot of conflicting things about what the heck was going to be going on in this movie. A lot of the wild theories from a certain point of view are true in their own way. Because they may have been a concept painting or an early bit in an early draft of the script. So There was even stuff we saw in teaser trailers. Things we saw that were part of the story that weren't in the movie at all. Not even close. It's it's funny that you bring that up because I kind of feel like everybody forgot about that now that because Last Jedi did not do that. Everything in the trailers was in the movie, wasn't it? Except for there was in the first teaser trailer, there was like Ray running with her saber. Right. But that was in the deleted scenes. There's no great mysteries of footage from The Last Jedi. It's just it's funny to think how quickly <laughs> how quickly we forget because with Rogue One and Force Awakens, it was like, oh man, you can't trust anything in the trailers anymore. So no one's even bringing that up for Solo. So I guess we'll see in the movie. But maybe all the Solo trailer footage is from the Lord Miller cut, and then we see the real movie. It's totally different stuff. Let's go through some of the the greatest Force Awakens rumors. Let's figure out what was true, what wasn't true, what still could be true one day, because we know Lucasfilm never throws anything out. There are ideas that could have been valid at one time that could show up again in who knows what, a TV series, a cartoon, episode nine. We have no idea. So let's get started with a big one. Let's get started with Ray. <laughs> there were a lot of theories about Ray before we even knew anything about Ray before we even heard Ray speak before we knew she was Ray we thought she was Kira that she she was going to be Ben Kenobi's granddaughter she was Ray Kenobi she was Ray Skywalker or she was all of the above at the same time somehow but then there were people also that were not even concerned about like you know who her her parents were and we're just convinced, too, that she was probably a secondary character and that Finn was going to be the main character Jedi of the movie. <laughs> well, which they tried to to trick you with that right up till the right up till the end, really right up until Harrison Ford <laughs> blew it and talked about the beautiful lightsaber fight between uh, Ray and Kylo. She's got a lightsaber. I die in the end. I don't care. I'll tell you. Yeah. So I don't yet. So I would guess I would say though that everything that everyone thought about Ray was not true. Going into Last Jedi, a lot of that didn't get resolved, and and still has not been resolved for a lot of people. They're still waiting. For her to be a solo Skywalker Kenobi. All at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, remember the rumor she was uh, Anakin reincarnated? <laughs> so speaking of Anakin reincarnated, Kylo Ren. Adam Driver isn't even actually in the movie. Remember that? Yeah. I would I would have been okay with that. People thought they saw Adam Driver dressed as a pilot on the, the base in England. Adam Driver is not Kylo Ren. And this verges a little bit into Luke, but that Kylo Ren is Luke. That was going on kind of right before, even right up until the movie came out. And I just remember that evolving into it's all mystery box and it's all misdirection. The mystery box. 
gone wild. Well, that was, I mean, that was, I guess, part of the fun looking back of them trying to keep so many secrets as these crazy theories. Yeah, did not go away until people saw the movie. And some of them, yeah, are still going. People, There's somebody somewhere still clinging to the idea that Kylo Ren is actually Luke. They've got a diagram set up. Yeah. They'll explain it to you. Ryan Johnson won't listen to my ideas. I wrote him a paper letter, but he didn't respond. I really like the one. Do you remember this, that Kylo Ren was actually a, a prince and he was related to Count Dooku? I don't remember that one, but I remember when Phasma was supposedly related to Dooku, that she was a she was Dooku's niece or or something. See, that still could be. I'm, I'm going to create a diagram that, that that could happen. I still believe it. Well, that he, he was like a rich prince and he was collecting Sith artifacts to try and resurrect Darth Vader. Well, then before that, right, the grave robber. Mm hmm. Who is the grave robber? Why does he have a metal face? Well, that verges into Luke Skywalker. Yeah, is Luke the grave robber? Is Luke a cyborg? Because Luke is a cyborg, but is he the cyborg in the leaked concept art? And that brings up a really interesting point, though. What was up with that cyborg person concept art? In the art of Force Awakens book, there is a picture of the metal face person looking at the Vader helmet and it's Jedi killer contemplation. This was back when the MacGuffin was the melted helmet of Darth Vader. And it was a Christian Christian Allsman did a few passes of designing what a new meditation chamber would look like. So at one time the MacGuffin was the melted helmet of Vader. So that's like what we were saying in the beginning. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on with The Force Awakens. Yeah, and that's when the villain was the Jedi killer, right? He was just a Jedi killer. I started thinking a lot about Jedi killers earlier this week and like all the crazy phases Force Awakens went through. And that got me thinking about the Inquisitors on Rebels and how the Inquisitor was such a big deal. And then they just kind of disappeared. Well, they all got killed. They all got killed, but it was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, Inquisitors. There were only three of them or whatever, and we're done with all that. But do you think at the time when they were developing Rebels, it was like, oh, we're going to tie this into Force Awakens because that's got Jedi killers in it? Yeah, or it almost seems more like when the film decided not to use the Jedi killers that Rebels took it. No good idea ever dies at Lucasfilm, and they probably thought, oh, that would be cool to do for Rebels so Vader can have some little underlings to uh, fight the Rebels crew and actually have people that can get killed because they can't kill Vader. Yeah, so what, it was like one, like it's like a Tuesday morning or something and all that force awakens early art leaked out. Everybody was going crazy with the, the metal face guy holding the Vader helmet being like, it's Luke, it's Luke Skywalker. He's a robot man. Yeah. Well, that, I think that was part of the fun too, is it seemed like the more we found out about the movie, the wilder the rumors got because the concept art came out and we actually had some legitimate, peek into the movie and then as you know photos and trailers and things came out it still got crazy those little bits of the truth just made the wild stuff even more believable all the stuff with max von Sydow, who's he gonna be boba fett is max von Sydow boba fett yeah is he's a character from the prequels he was a cyborg at one time he had that metal metal helmet in flash gordon he's got to be the cyborg I remember people saying you don't cast Max on Sido and put him in a cameo role. <laughs> Those people aren't saying that anymore. <laughs> well, none of that was true. that Ian McDermott would be back. Luke was going to go to the dark side. But I remember people like the day before the movie came out convinced, man, do you think Luke's going to go turn bad? Oh, I'm pretty sure he's going to turn bad. Like that was a big one. Well, you know, no, he did not go to the dark side. It, it passed like a fleeting shadow in the last Jedi. He fought the dark side. Well, that's, that's, I was actually thinking about that this week because of this episode, that it's funny to me that, yeah, I think the same people who were convinced Luke was going to go to the dark side and seemed okay with it are the people who were really mad at last Jedi. 
Because Luke wouldn't do that. <laughs> but it's almost like people were more okay with that concept than Luke just being struggling with the past history of the Jedi and his role in the galaxy in The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, somehow for Force Awakens it was okay. There was all kinds of stuff that uh, Dom Hall Gleason was either tar- related to Tarkin or he was Luke's son. Billy Lord was going to play a young Leia in a flashback. Well, and just flashbacks in general. There's going to be a flashback in the movie. It's like, no, there's not. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's never happened in a Star Wars movie, and that means it could not happen now. Right, because supposedly there was, they either filmed it or th- almost filmed recreating Empire or the Empire um, scene of Luke versus Vader, right? And they ended up just going with the hallway, but there were plans at one point to have a Luke lookalike fighting Vader in that flashback. So that was, that was true. I've just learned a terrible truth. It's all true. You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. A really big one was the whole opening with Luke's floating hand in space. There's no way that was going to be true. That's too crazy. Except for when it was true, right? (laughs) They did talk about that. It's like when I read the Art of the Last Jedi book, and I was like, there's no way it ever opened up with panning down to Finn in a back-to-tank suit. But that was real. So the floating hand may have been true at one point. It was at least talked about somewhere by someone, maybe in the bathroom. Someone in the stall with their feet off the floor was listening in, taking notes on the toilet paper. I heard JJ say it. There were all kinds of rumors about the title, A New Dawn, Ancient Fear. I was pretty convinced Ancient Fear was going to be the title for a long time. I was ready for Ancient Fear. I was ready to get an Ancient Fear t-shirt. I was like, "When yeah. sign me up. Well, it's never too late. There was a big one going around that Han and Chewie, were, when we meet them, they were going to be flying around in a Star Destroyer. And there was the ever-present rumor that Chewbacca was going to die. Especially after the... Was it the second trailer or the teaser trailer that had the uh, Ray crying, holding somebody? Tons of people with paint programs circling it, arrows pointing at it. It's got to be Wookiee fur. People are still worried that Chewbacca is going to die in episode nine. Not even thinking about that. I'm horrible at predicting things, but I'm saying it's not going to happen. None of it's true. All, all untrue. I hope so. Standing rumor. Somehow the beautiful Raftars were giant space pigs. I don't know if they were going to be puffer pigs or something, but you remember that? There was a long, I think we talked about for a long time, like, how are they going to do big giant space pigs? Well, just the fact that they said they were giant space pigs and they weren't CG was mind boggling enough. But do you remember when those photos of the Millennium Falcon leaked out? In those photos were was a picture of the big Hapabore, and they were in the same group of photos as the Falcon. So I think it was just kind of all lumped together that the giant Hapabore or something was going to be part of this escape from Han and Chewie's space freighter thing. And for all we know, maybe at one point... It was because I could totally see after they spent the time to make that giant rubber pig that someone probably said, why don't we just have Han hauling rubber pigs? Because we already made it. Maybe King Prana was collecting giant rubber pigs. He's a pork enthusiast. Will we ever see King Prana? Is King Prana going to be in Solo? Actually, you know what we need? King Prana needs to be in Forces of Destiny with Han and Chewie doing some some King Prana runs. And then they can make a King Prana doll. You said it after The Last Jedi, because Last Jedi is just days after. And King Prana is mad because he never got his shipment of Raftars. So he goes out and he finds Rey. And he's like, where are my Raftars? And that's the episode of Forces Destiny. Where are my Raftars? Starring King Prana. (laughs) I'm just going to sit here until it happens. So there was all kinds of stuff with Maz Kanata. There was that um, there was going to be a Boba Fett banner outside her castle, which wasn't that in one of the trailers, but then it wasn't in the movie. 
It was definitely in one of the trailers, I think. Yeah. Well, and remember before we knew she was Maz, she was Rose, which wasn't true for Force Awakens, but like Kira was another name that they couldn't let go. And then, like we were saying in the beginning, there was footage in that second teaser of Maz giving Leia the saber. And that was another one where the more we knew, the less we knew, because we were all convinced, wow, what's going to happen? Leia gets the saber. What's she going to do with it? I think about that way too much. Like, So did Finn have the saber during the fight on Takodana, and then did he give it back to Maz? And then did Moths give it to Leia? And does this match the whole period of time where, like, the saber had the map in it? Was that before they decided to give Finn the fight scene on Takodana with the saber? Finn never got the lightsaber? I'm guessing that was before that scene even existed. Ray said she didn't want it, gave it back to Maz, and then Maz gives it to Leia because Moz goes with them back to the car there's mysteries there's mysteries still with this movie yeah it's fun to go back because there's a lot of yeah mysteries with force awakens because we never got those deleted scenes we never got to see the the full if there even was a whole scene maybe that's all they filmed was the hand pass off to have it for the trailer who knows well there was one thing too that we were believing right up until the end that, that the resistance had their own super weapon the sledgehammer which is in the art book that was uh uh, possibly, because that was in the f- movie at some point, at least at the concept stage, because the sledgehammer was going to crash into the force field around Starkiller Base, and it like opened up a door into the force field, and the ship, the Resistance ships, would fly through the force field that way. At least I think that's how it is in the art book, right? Yeah, on page one eighty. Of the Art of Force Awakens book, there is the Resistance Warhammer. Doug Chang was doing paintings of it. The top left little tiny picture looks just like a giant sledgehammer. How far did that go? I mean, we that, that could have just been something that somebody saw production art and assumed was going to be in the movie. It was probably all in the Rinsler making of book. Because some of that stuff always makes me wonder if it got down to the end and they were like, we just don't have the time to do all this stuff. Let's just have... Han fly in or they decided they didn't want to have they wanted Han to have something to do so let's have Han and Finn sneak in through the shield yeah it's it's going to be exciting someday when we get to if we ever get to read all the different versions of the script going back to the uh, Michael Arndt one or see the Lucas outline and you know that's the crazy thing with all of this for as much as there is Max von Sydow is going to be Boba Fett Kylo Ren is the rich prince nephew of Count Dooku. There are rumors that never turned out to be true that had shreds of truth at one time. Like as of recording this, we're weeks away from Solo, and we really still have no clear grasp of the plot of that movie. I don't know if we're ever going to be in such a wild and crazy, here's the whole outline of the movie kind of period again. Yeah, definitely no. I mean, Disney seems to, I guess it's not even Disney, it's just Lucasfilm has gotten really good at uh, keeping their secrets. I mean, Solo at least has the advantage of it really wasn't done until like last week or something where the more we found out about Last Jedi, I think is where it got really crazy that they were able to keep those secrets that long since that movie was in development, you know, way longer than anyone realized. Yeah, the days of hyperspace showing us what's going on might be over. But I don't know if we'll ever have that level of insane hype ever again. I mean, I wonder even before whatever Ryan Johnson's got cooking up or whatever the Game of Thrones guys do or whatever happens on Star Wars TV, I don't know if the excitement level will ever quite be at that Force Awakens level again. Yeah, probably just from the fact that there's so much more stuff now, like you know, we're as excited for Solo as anyone, and it's there's only so excited you can get when you only have like two months to really get pumped. It's not like we were waiting. It's oh my gosh, it's been 14 months. I can't wait to go see this movie. What's going to happen? So yeah, it's never going to get that. It probably never will get that crazy again unless Lucasfilm decides to take a 
you know, five or 10 year break, which I don't see why they ever would. I don't think it's going to happen. And then even looking back after, you know, as much as they tried to keep Force Awakens a secret, quite a bit got leaked out with Last Jedi and Rogue One and now Solo. None of those have had that amount of information, true or not, hasn't gotten out. Maybe it was just the excitement of a new Star Wars movie after 10 years was enough to make people risk their jobs or those secrets don't seem to get out anymore. It was a magical time. The world has awakened to the motion picture event of a generation. I have lived long enough to see the same eyes in different people. I see your eyes. I know your eyes. Follow me. The Force Awakens. So we have got two new iTunes reviews. Let's get right into it. What's our first one? First one is the Star Wars Podcast for Everyone by An Assimilated Porg. Could Jason and Gabe make the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, guide a pair of torpedoes into a tiny exhaust port, or lift an X-Wing out of a swamp? I have no idea. But what I do know is that this dynamic duo produces a top-notch podcast that is extremely enjoyable. When I read about Blast Points on the AV Club, I figured that any decent Star Wars podcast would be forced to cater to people like me, who think about the films about eight days a week. I've never been more happy to be wrong. Whether they know it or not, Jason and Gabe take a truly egalitarian approach to any given subject as it relates to Star Wars. And that means anyone from the youngest Padawan to the most grizzled Jedi master can find satisfaction in their work. It's a podcast that can tackle any area of Star Wars universe without losing its luster. A truly incredible feat. Thanks, guys. May the podcast and by extension, the both of you continue to live long and prosper. Sincerely, an assimilated Porg, also known as Ed. Thank you, an assimilated porg, also known as Ed. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) This next one is titled Blast Points. Manjupa tested, moof milker approved. Manjupa, <laughs> you have my attention. This is uh, this is by Panic at the Cantina. I stumbled upon Blast Points right after the Last Jedi was released in theaters, and I am so glad I did. It has as much charm as Master Codebreaker. Well, (laughs) as Jason and Gabe not only review the most popular topics of Star Wars fandom, but also the lesser known gems and oddities that make up some of my favorite aspects of the vast world of Star Wars. Whether it's discussing thoughts on the latest movie installment or guessing what Phantom Menace Comtech figure voice belongs to which character... I'm proud to call myself a member of the Blast Points Mooms Over Mimbin Cloud Riders Club and a fan for life. Keep doing what you guys do best and make Mungo Baobab proud. Wow. Well, thank you, Panic at the Cantina. I hope we can do Mungo proud, but the bar's set pretty high. Someday maybe we'll be in the Baobab archives. Master Mungo, I don't know if we'll get on his radar anytime soon. He's very busy. Maybe Manjupa. If Manjupa was real, he'd listen to the show. He's not real. (laughs) Well, thank you, Panic at the Cantina and an assimilated porg. And you should leave us a review on iTunes. You just go over there when you're done listening, write something awesome like they did. We'll read it just like we read those. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode Seven, thank you. This is Jerome St. John Blake. Um, I played Masamida, Rune Harko, Oberancesis, and a few other guys in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And I'm standing here with Gabe from Blast Points Podcast and uh, looking forward to my debut appearance on his show. Watch this space. And may the force be with you. And these... Last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. And don't forget to check us out on blastpointspodcast.com where you can get comics, the wonderful, never-ending Darth Field. Hilarious and shocking Darth Field. <laughs> you never know where it's going to go. We don't know where it's going to go, but it's amazing. You can buy t-shirts, listen to the theme music, recipes, all kinds of fun stuff on the website. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and keep on downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Keep on subscribing. Keep on sharing it out to your friends. Tell everyone you know that they got to listen to Blast Points. Solo is coming out. The way you got to get ready for Solo is to listen to Blast Points because we got awesome stuff on the way leading up into Solo. Tons of cool stuff. Next week's going to be a lot of fun. Something a little different. Something pretty awesome. You're going to want to be here for that. But yeah, that about wraps up episode 120. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Thank you, folks. Bye bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view.